Welcome to the Legion of Impact, where our goal is to bring you tactical ideas, insights, and meaningful conversations to help you build a life that you're proud of and positively impact the world. Now for your host, Anthony Hamilton. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Legion of Impact. My name is Anthony. I'm the host of this podcast. And on this podcast, guys, we uh, try to bring you conversations and, um, you know, tools and tips and tricks and all sorts of things to help you live better, be better, and just uh, have an all-around better life. You know, it, for us, it's in the world of business, but then, you know, it's directly applicable to the real world. So with me today, but virtually remote, is Joshua Garnish. He was on the last episode, so I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Hope you got to know him a little bit or get to meet him a little bit. Um, so we got him here today, um, and we got a fun one for you. Nothing really super planned, but a lot of important stuff nonetheless to talk about. So um, what's going on with you, Josh? How you been? Uh, been well. Back here in New York now. I know last episode I broadcasted from uh, southern west, West Virginia, Huntington yeah. area. Um now back home and with a family, uh, happy to be home around them and get ready for the holidays here. It's always a little bit rejuvenating, um, getting back with the family anytime that you, dude, I know when, when Avery and I went out to Colorado, actually two times, um, both times, you know, it was just like swearing back and forth, like, man, next time we're bringing the family, you know, and, um, literally, yeah, it's just, um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) while you're home, it's funny because while you're home, like everybody does, everyone's like, man, I I wish I just had a little bit of space. You know, I just wish I had like just a little time to myself. Right. Um, But then when you actually get that time kind of to yourself, you're like, man, I, you know, I'm bored, (laughs) you know, and you're FaceTiming them in the morning, middle of the day, evening. Yep. Um, So, you know, it. But it's all, it's all, it's all good. Um, it's always good to be back with them and especially with, you know, the kiddos and stuff. They, for them, it seems like an eternity that you're gone, even if it's just Mm -hmm. the day, you know, because their timeline is so like crunched. It just, if it's a day, it seems like it's like a year to them, you know? So just, uh, kind of funny. So, um, would you learn out there? You learn any, uh, good things, network with good people. Would you, how'd, how'd that go? Yeah. So as far as learning a a lot of the Southern hospitality, um, I know I'd obviously been to Florida and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. it's a whole nother world, I guess, in more of the heartland area. Yeah. Um, I hadn't spent an extended period of time there before. So that was interesting. Um, definitely love the lifestyle, a lot slower paced, um, I mean, I know I touched on the hospitality aspect of it, but everybody looking out for everybody. Yep. We do have a little bit here in the, the Western New York area. I know they say, what is it? There's something with Buffalo and Rochester. There's some kind of friendly yep, so, kind of vibe to it. Yeah, exactly. So, so Rochester, I only know this because we, we were doing research for our channel and uh, Rochester is coined as the city of friendly neighbors. And so what we say and what, what I say in my channel is that Rochester, like this area, is uh the city of friendly neighbors 2.0 um you know just because we're so close like i don't i don't know who came up with that or who coined that and you know but you know i find it for the most part to be true most most people Mm -hmm. are friendly here i i wouldn't say 
on a Southern hospitality level, but, uh, you know, most people are cool, you know? Yeah. If someone's in need, someone's going to help you out. It's definitely yeah. a, living in New York city for three years. It's a definitely, you're, uh, <laughs> more of a lone wolf kind of everyone does their own thing, solitary yep. vibe. Yep. Um, and then you come up here or go down there and it's just like everybody helping everybody. Everyone's interested in everybody. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> two well, worlds. I, I always talk about, um, the, especially now with, um, you know, how, how society has gotten with, with men just being weak, you know, uh, I always talk about the bystander effect, which, which says that, that somebody's not going to stop to help somebody else unless someone else is already helping them. And then they feel comfortable enough to go stop and and help. Right. So the, the way the study was, I think it was like somebody was like getting beat up on the sidewalk or something. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they were actors, but it was people just walking by, um, and I think it was done by Oxford, but anyway, so people would just keep mm-hmm. walking by, like watching this person get beat up until one person stopped and then more people joined in to, to help. Um, and I, I feel like here or well in New York city, I would say, um, that is very relevant where, where yep. people just mind and their own, they're minding their own business. Um, they're doing their own thing. And, you know, they don't help unless somebody else is already taking the initiative to do it. Most people in like those areas, they're just very like self, uh, absorbed or like they're, they're focused on what's going on in, in their world. Right. Um, whereas here, I think people slow down a little bit and they think about other people a little bit more about helping other people a little more. They're not as, um, they're not trying to get somewhere as quickly. And, um, you know, they allow themselves more time to be able to adapt to situations like that, to be able to help and, um, you know, pay for the person in the drive through behind them or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, you know, that's, have you, have you traveled to other places besides the United States? Like, have you been out of the country? Uh, other than Canada and the Dominican Republic, I think those are the only two places, but okay. yeah, so <laughs> Canada doesn't count, but yeah. So you, you said though, where you went in Dominican was like super poor, right? Yeah. So I went down and I traveled to the Santo Domingo area. Yep. Um, so that's the Southern, I guess, central, uh, area there. Um, and my in-laws family is from there. So we went and visited their family and I mean, <laughs> couldn't be more gorgeous of a place. Um, but when you get into the, the slums areas, um, when they're telling you to hide anything of value, don't show your phone, <laughs> don't show your watch, uh, just basically don't look like you're not from here, which is obviously for us impossible. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a humbling thing seeing how they live. And I don't know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. It's that, that's what, you know, I, I, I say that, um, the best education I've ever got was traveling. Um, you know, thankfully paid for by the U S (laughs) government, um, by good old uncle Sam, but, uh, in your service. Yeah. The, it's, it's the most, um, enlightened I've ever been. It's the most, uh, the biggest perspective change. Um, you know, have, did I tell you the story about, uh, the, like the, the kids in Thailand, um, like going out and playing soccer barefoot in a gravel lot. 
Uh, I don't think you did, but I do know that hearing from like Southern American countries and knowing that's how they practice and pretty much why they're as good as they are. So yeah, like we, we would do, um, what we called comrades. It was, uh, community relations. And so we, we'd go to local schools, um, in one area specifically, we're in Banchan Krim, which is, I believe it's like five minutes from Cambodia. So it's a very like impoverished area. Um, and we'd, we'd go and like, we'd, sit down with them, like go through their class with them or whatever. And then we would like play soccer and they had this other sport called tacker ball, which is fucking an incredible dude. This, this game tacker ball, it's like this little, it's like the size of a softball, but it's a plastic woven like uh ball. And, um, they play it on a volleyball court and except it's like in the sand, you know, in a volleyball mm-hmm. net and you can't touch it with your hands. So, so it's like volleyball with a smaller ball and it's plastic and you can't touch it with your hands. So it's your feet and your head and okay. any other body part. And dude, like look it up on YouTube, tacker ball, man, it is inc- These dudes, they're doing like somersault kicks and stuff to get the ball over the net, man. It, incredible. They're like 10 years old and they're crushing it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, but you know, we, we'd go play soccer with them and, they, their soccer fields were gravel lots, like literally gravel and rocks and they would take off their shoes. And we'd ask one of the teachers who was a American citizen going teaching there, um, you know, why are they taking off their shoes and say, she said, cause it's the only shoes that they have and they can't get them dirty for school. It's against like the public school yep. system. Basically they can't get them dirty or ruin them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so they would play barefoot, uh, no, no bitches or complaints. And then, you know, we, us Marines, we had the nerve to bitch about our Jordans getting creased or something like, you know, (laughs) and then after school, they would walk home barefoot, like, you know, on, keep in mind in Thailand, it's like a hundred degrees. The, uh, the roads either, if, if they are paved, they're going to be hot as fuck. Um, and so dude, they were happy as can be though. Um, the, you know, the, anytime that we would come to town, uh, we'd, we'd set up our little, uh, base out there and all of them would bring their businesses out there. So they'd set up their tents and stuff and, um, and just in case it rained or something so that they wouldn't get rained on or their shop wouldn't get rained on. But then they had a single mattress set on the floor and like, that's what they, that's what they slept on. It was like on the ground and, uh, dude, wild stuff man but they were happy they were like you know they were in good spirits and everything and 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 we had the nerve to bitch about the things that we had um yeah and literally like if you look at a documentary about say like an african tribe or something i felt like that was similar to what we were experiencing with these people it's like you know no shoes they're walking around barefoot their their clothes aren't like great um, at least in this part of Thailand, then if you went to the like bigger, uh, areas, like the bigger cities of Thailand, you know, they were more like quote unquote civilized or, um, mm-hmm. you know, had nicer Advanced. things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but dude, it, it, it's a different perspective on human life out there. Um, and you know, we here have the nerve to bitch about things that we have and it's like first world problems. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> and, and, um, I, I think that more kids now, so much anxiety and like depression and shit would be just cured. It'd be people 
wouldn't have it if they just got out and experienced the world and were able to change their perspective on, on life, you know, cause dude, the worst thing, the worst thing that happens to you is the worst thing that happens to you. Like it's, it's all relative to what we've experienced before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, experiences. So like if, you know, uh, there's certain things that are like the end of the world to people. Right. But another person looks at it and is like, the hell are you bitching about? You know, it could be so much worse. Right. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy to me, but I, you know, I, I think that needs to be a part of the school system is traveling and getting out of, of the state for one, but out of the country into like a third, third world country and actually go out Mm -hmm. and live, you know, somewhere else for a little while. Cause dude, you learn so much from it and yeah it's not get enough global studies (laughs) yeah it's not it's not like obviously it's not textbook stuff you're not learning it in a textbook um you can read all you want about how someone else lives or whatever but until you go experience it until you go feel Mm -hmm. what they're feeling and how they're living and like live a, a day like that bro it's not even close like you know these international studies classes in 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 universities and stuff man they're just it's all theory but you know those kids would go out and like they want to learn about it but if they actually went out and experienced it man they would cry every single night because they you know they don't have the comforts of their own their dorm room or whatever like you know or their cell phone or something so bro like i think that was one of the biggest game changers for me was just getting out and experiencing the world and i'm so thankful for that dude because it's been a game changer for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It just, it makes me think about like everything going on more of the war torn areas of the world right now, as yeah. far as Ukraine, Russia, and, uh, obviously the middle East with Hamas mm-hmm. and Israel and all that going on. And yep. I mean, everyone that's caught up in those conflicts and dude, there's no, winners. I mean, we see it a lot more now with the, the social media aspect of it. So you can kind of live, uh, vicariously we'll say through sure. those videos and everything sure um so you do see that part portion of it more often i mean that's obviously more popular seeing war than just seeing poorness i guess so yeah. to speak but yeah. uh it definitely gives you a perspective as far as being here in america and, and the whole safety aspect of everything mm-hmm. is <laughs> definitely changing um and in What's crazy about that too is the, you know, what we see, honestly, a lot of what we see is the propaganda that surrounds it. We're not Mm -hmm. seeing the full truth of everything, you know, on on any side. I don't want us to have that. No, it's, we're very restricted. Like we think that we're, uh, we think that we have like free range of information and stuff here, man. No, we're getting, we're getting misfed information. Um, you know, it's basically whatever they want us to see, whatever parts they want us to see. And it's, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. And you know that it's the same in, in business, right? It's, you're only seeing, um, the headlines that the fed wants you to see. You're only seeing Mm -hmm. the headlines that NAR wants you to see. You're only seeing the headlines that, uh, BlackRock wants you to see, you know? Yeah. Whatever's the best optics for them is mm-hmm. what gets put out there, dude. And and that's op- yeah. You you said the word there, optics. It's it's crazy because yep. that's it, a big terminology right there. Yeah, well, <laughs> especially I mean, you come from the political world. That's a that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. In the Marine yep. Corps, that was a big thing too. It was optics. Anytime anybody higher up came, um, uh, 
came on base or um, was just like at our company headquarters or something or was just near our place of work, bro, it was like you had to tighten up. You had to like, yes, dude, it was, yeah. you had to, you had to play like you were working, right? Like it was an act yep. in like when I was a lifeguard at Roseland, every act time like you're the, doing uh, something like <laughs> the head guards rolled around, you're just, mm, yep. I'm, yep. <laughs> I'm checking everything. Yep. You're, you're making yep. sure you're blowing the whistle extra, like just to, yep. just to act like you're doing something important and, um, and that they're not going to look at you and be like, man, that <laughs> shit bag's not doing shit, you know, but it, it man uh, optics man that's a it's a good word and it it's so relevant it's like that's what everybody is i mean speaking of optics though man like i think of optics now in in our world i think of optics is like social media right that's for me that's a big um part of optics <laughs> is being yeah. seen who's seeing you um what what i mean you're newer into real estate. What challenges are you having right now in, in, uh, social media? Cause you know, you, you put out, um, you put out what one video, one reel and it was good. It was, it was, it was good, yeah. but then nothing since then. I actually heard that feedback that yeah. I need to do more of those. Yeah. That, uh, it's actually one of my cousins. He's like, man, that was really good. And I wasn't, I was surprised to even hear it from him because yep. he's more soft-spoken, but he's like, you need to do more of that. Cause that was really good. And yeah. I was like, Oh really? You thought so? He's like, yeah. I was like, Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what, what challenges are you um, facing I guess with that? Part, yeah. The, the challenge aspect of it, um, I guess more or less is, just feeling more confident, I guess. Yep. Uh, and that I know, th know things that other people don't, mm -hmm. which I do. And it's hard to really grasp that you have that expertise. You have that knowledge as far as both Medicare, cause I haven't even put out a Medicare video yet mm -hmm. that I need to do. Also the, the real estate, um, that obviously we take our 75 hour courses and then we take our recertifications and then we live it every day. So yep. we know all of these things yep. and it's hard to comprehend with people. And even when I'm just speaking in, I think the word I'm looking for is layman's terms, just speaking to people uh, face to face, it's hard to comprehend that they don't understand. It's like I'm speaking another language, whether yeah. you're speaking about real estate in certain terminologies, as well as Medicare, when I'm talking about part A, B, C, D, Medigap, your, your co-pays, co-insurances, your drug tiers, and all these things. Um, you just start seeing the people's heads spinning. And um, my father-in-law uses the, the analysis paralysis kind of term as far yeah. as you're giving people too much information and their brain just kind of shuts down at that point. And I definitely, we all experience that sometimes drinking mm -hmm. from the fire hose, so to speak. Yep. Um, but to, to get back to the question, as far as just, I guess, staying consistent and maybe more of the, the information and editing, I don't know, once I feel a little bit more, uh, confident. I think things will get rolling, but, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's something I would, that's something I would like to do, um, with you is like, show you my workflow of it. Um, you know, exactly how I do it just from start to finish. Um, because you know, once you, once you get your proper workflow, like it's quick, um, you yeah. know, it's relatively yeah. quick. My question to you is, um, is so with your, your Medicare, um, where does that audience live? So as, as far, far as, like as the social my media clients, world. are you talking about my clients or people who I would be kind of projecting my information to? Yes. 
Okay, yes. So pretty much the entire nation. Okay. As far as I'm licensed currently only in New York and West Virginia at the moment. Yeah. Obviously, moving my license to West Virginia as well, I'm going to be expanding elsewhere. Um, and eventually have, I don't know how many my father-in-law has as far as his licenses and also the gentleman who I was down there in West Virginia with, how many he has. But I know he's got a good portion of the states. You usually just pay a fee to have your license there. Yep. And certain carriers will have you. Um, also pay a fee. Other ones just let you do it for free. It's a, <laughs> another we're getting into the weeds as far as the, the Medicare aspect goes. But um, as far as the audience, yeah, anyone, as far as if you're on Medicare, um, if you're on disability for 24 months, uh, you automatically qualify for Medicare, Lou Gehrig's disease, end-stage renal disease. Um, people don't know about this and you're automatically thrust into it and they tell you in your letter that you get when you're qualified, oh, if you don't sign up for this, you're going to face a 10% penalty for every year you don't have your Part B, which is pretty much your medical insurance for your doctors. And if you go 63 days without your your Part D insurance, which is your drug or prescription, you're charged 1% every month. You don't have it for the rest of your life. Um, so those can be pretty hefty if you don't get into it. And people need to know these things and they don't really know because the government just throws it on you and is like, here's your insurance and you don't have choice. You have to have it. Yep. Um, but that Medicare is obviously all of the states. It's all 50 states. Um, and people typically get it confused with Medicaid, which is more financial, and Medicare, which is uh, typically 65 years or older people uh -huh. uh, who are eligible for Medicare. But you also have individuals who are, uh, like I said, 24 months. So when you get your 25th Social Security Disability Check, that's SSDI, not SSI. So for SSI, your social or supplemental social income. I'm trying to think of the exact term, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know it's SSI. Um, those people don't qualify. So that gets even more confusing and we're going more into the weeds with it. But um, yeah, so pretty much anybody could use this information. It's more national. I wouldn't really get into too much of the benefits because then you're crossing a compliance line. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But when you're talking just general knowledge, you can pretty much <clears throat> say whatever you want as long as it's factual. So the the reason I ask is like, so, you know, my impression was that it was uh, mainly people 65 and older. And so, like, mm -hmm. what where I was going with, with the question is, like, where do those people live, right? The 65 and older, like, what platforms are they on? Um, ah, you know, so, yes. So, typically... Yep. Facebook. Yes, yeah. So, Facebook versus Instagram, <laughs> right? So, like, yep. So, most <laughs> of them, there are some... But most of them are going to be on Facebook versus Instagram. They're Correct. mostly not going to be on Instagram. So like if I yeah, were... If, P65s maybe. Yeah. yeah. So like if I were you or if I were in that position where I'm looking to market to uh, these people, most of my Medicare stuff I think would be in... Uh, it would live on Facebook. And then um, a majority of your real estate stuff would live on Instagram because... Instagram is more of a audience that universal. Yep. It's, it's going to be yeah. mostly people who are starting to buy houses. Right. And, um, or investing or something like that, like younger, our age. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, the, the Medicare clients, most of them are going to be on Facebook. And so like, maybe what I would do is trickle a little bit of the Medicare stuff into Instagram, um, maybe into like Instagram stories or something. Uh, but then make most of your content, um, like on your, on the feed of your page, be like real estate related stuff. Um, and, and then, and then Facebook, you kind of, you can do both. Like I, I think on Facebook, you're, 
um, you're good to do both because people can actually kind of go further in depth in Facebook and, and see that you do both. Um, you know, and so if, if somebody is 65 and older and, and they find your page or, or they see a video of you or something, they can go to your page. They can see that you're a, a Medicare rep. Um, but then, uh, they can also see that you sell real estate too. Um, whereas Instagram I think is more like specialized. Um, yeah, you know, in, way more personal. Yeah. I, I I was just thinking like, but then as far as, um, you know, you were, you were talking about like, uh, you know, what to, um, kind of make content about, like you were, Mm -hmm. uh, saying, you know, saying things in layman terms, but like people kind of get confused or whatever. Like what, what I learned is that, is that the things that we think are so trivial in this business, right? Like, uh, we think about say an earnest money deposit, right? We yep. think, Oh man, like everybody knows that. Right. Yeah. Not everybody does. No. Nope. And so like something like that as Will simple, I get my money back. Yeah. Right. As simple as <laughs> am I going to get this back? Yeah. As simple <laughs> as that concept is for us to understand. A lot of people don't know what that is. Um, or an escalation clause, right. Or, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what an appraisal is versus assessment versus, um, uh, so there's market value, there's assessed value and there's appraised value. What are the differences between the three? Because, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, well, well my assessment is 230,000. Yeah. But you can probably sell your house for 350,000, you know? Mm-hmm. And so one and is for tax purposes, up. one is for, a, uh, for the bank purposes and one is for actual purchasing. Like, you know, so what somebody who's ready, willing and able will actually pay for the house. So, um, there's differences in what we think is just common sense stuff because we've learned it. Most people don't know that they don't live in this world. So yeah. they're easy videos to make, um, and just kind of break it down dummy style, you know? Um, and, uh, that's, you know, I, I think a lot of agents kind of go wrong with, they, they try and get too complex with things. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you don't need to because, because Definitely me. people just want to, they, they want to know the basics and they can understand the basics. You know, when you spend more time with them, that's when they can, you can go further into the weeds once they get a good understanding of what these things actually mean. Um, but you know, the, the basics is the most important part just to get the, and really the goal of any of the videos is to establish yourself as, uh, the, the authority to, to keep planting seeds in their mind. Yeah. You, you keep planting seeds in their mind so that, you know, eventually that tree builds. So then when, when, uh, it comes time for them to buy or sell, there's, they can't think of anyone else besides you because that tree is planted, you know? Um, and it's through the seeds of each of your videos is a seed that will continue to grow. Um, so the more seeds you plant, the more likely you are to build a tree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's super important stuff in, in, you know, I, I hate seeing, um, new agents struggle because they just like it really, it is as simple as just like getting your face out there. I'm not saying it's, easy. I'm not saying it's quick, but it's simple. Um, you know, it's not going to be painful, but yeah. (laughs) Um, 
you know, it, it, it's simple. And, um, you know, with enough consistency and persistence and perseverance, it's gonna, it'll, it'll happen. You know, people will start coming. And then once you get one or two, uh, clients from a video or something like that, um, those can, those can float you until you get the next ones or, you know, and, all it takes It'll is fuel your fire for mm-hmm. sure. You're like, all right, I'm doing this every day. Like, yep, exactly. No, <laughs> once you get your first one, it's dude, it's just like, um, let's see, it's like golf, right? Like when you say you have a sick drive, like, uh, you pipe that 300 yard drive uh-huh. straight down, straight down, right? <laughs> all right. I'm coming back tomorrow. Y- yep. No hook. You're like, man, I'm, I'm I shot over a hundred. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And then the first time you shoot for a hundred, you're like, damn, like I'm getting a membership now, you know, yeah. or shoot under a hundred. Yeah. I'm getting a membership now. Cause this is addicting, right? Yeah. You, you make enough content where people start reaching out to you and then they mention like your videos are good. You know, even if you feel like they're subpar, like if they're reaching people, then they're good enough. You know, um, mm-hmm. it starts getting addicting and then you start thinking about it consciously as a form of lead gen. And as far as I'm concerned, man, that's a lot better than making cold calls or door knocking. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Or print marketing or something like that shit's boring for me, you know? So the, the social media aspect I think is so important. I'm actually meeting with, what are you doing tomorrow? Great question. I I'm guess we're, sure. I guess we're going to go over this live on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm meeting with uh, an agent. He's one of our buddies. His name's Steve Mitchell. Um, Okay. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. Okay. He, he's out of, uh, the Brighton. I've never talked to him, but he, yeah. I think he sent me a friend request. Okay. He's out of the, uh, Brighton KW office. He's a really good dude. He's a police officer. Um, okay. he's in the, uh, he does recruiting for, um, RPD. Uh, so he's really good dude. Um, he's, he wants to take me out to lunch tomorrow to, um, uh, teach him, like social media stuff and like YouTube stuff and whatnot. So I'm like, hell yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm always down to teach or help with that kind of, especially mm-hmm. cool people. Like he's cool as fuck. So, yeah. um, yeah. you would, you would like him a lot. He's a good dude. Um, I so, definitely think so too. I like what he posts on Facebook. Yeah. I'm sure he yeah. Yeah. Feels the same sentiments. Yep. He's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's a good dude. He, he knows what he stands for and he, uh, shares that, you know, and he doesn't stray from it. Um, mm-hmm which is, you know, uh, how him and I got in touch. Well, him and Avery and I got in touch because like we, we were trying to make him a team leader, um, for our team, uh, out of the Rochester office before we left KW. So he was the guy that we were trying to, um, make like a satellite office team leader. And, uh, oh, okay. cause he, you know, he aligned with our values and stuff. He's a good dude. So, um, yeah. So really cool. starting to move that way with Medicare as well. A team that I went down to West Virginia with is actually the, a different agency entirely, Empower Agency, which the president of that agency, my father-in-law taught. So it's kind of like a, a branch system there, but they're thinking of branching out to Palmyra and mm. starting an office there. And I would be kind of the person who would be the satellite person for that office. Nice. So nice. Yeah. So would you... A lot of correlations would, between the two. Would you still be with Desis Group then? 
Or would you then become uh, one of you them? You know, that's where I, I have a lot of confusion at the moment as yeah. far as where I am. I I mean, I love my father-in-law and I'd love to stay with it. But as far as where that, I mean, the way they have the hierarchy is similar here that we have with EXP as far yeah. as uh, where people get paid in, on certain levels. Um, I'm still kind of grasping that. But as far as my father-in-law still getting paid, even if I was with them, I would he would still get a portion of it him being higher up on the the ladder so to speak because um, oh because they're under him mm-hmm. okay yeah yep. gotcha gotcha so uh, i'm like straight to him though so right yeah. now i go around and i think he gets a bigger cut yeah uh, that's what I, I was as, just gonna ask that yeah 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 um yeah because um like for example like you you're under avery i'm above avery um so anything that you sell right there's a a small portion that goes to avery but then a smaller portion that goes to me um now same now him and i split our commission shares or our um uh revenue share so you know we we just get half of all of it anyway um but if, if if we were going how it actually would go that's how it would go. He would get a larger portion because you're in his first line and you're in my second line. So I'd get a smaller portion. Um, mm-hmm. But, and then you go down to third and it starts to get a little bit bigger than fourth. It gets bigger. And then I think the fifth line is the biggest. So I would get paid the most out of the fifth line of uh, my people. Um, okay. So bigger than my second line. Um so, and then it goes down a little bit for six and down a little bit for seventh, but it's there. We have, incentive there. yeah, we, we have a, uh, we have, um, like a spreadsheet that will do all the math for you and stuff. It's pretty legit, but it's cool that it's cool that EXP has this dude, because, um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I told you, I, I think I, I probably have, um, I feel like I talk about it a lot, but Avery, when we first got into this company, Avery's first sale with this company was it was like a twenty thousand dollar trailer like it was maybe fifteen thousand dollar trailer it was like a piece of shit um and my the first revenue share check that i got from him from that twenty thousand dollar trailer was a hundred and fifty dollar check now it doesn't sound like much but then put it into perspective that at kw avery capped and i as a capping agent i didn't get as his sponsor, I didn't get even $150 for the whole year. And I got it on a $20,000 check or a $20,000 yeah. sale um, versus the two and a half million that it took to cap at KW. So, dude, the numbers are, it's... I think it was four at Remax for me. <laughs> for what? Million. Oh, to cap? Something like that. Dude, yeah. So, yeah. Um it's a, I, I look at people over there, um, like, uh, I'm not going to name names, but the dude that we met with the lender that we met with his wife who is over there, mm-hmm. she does really well. She sells 6 million or something on her own, like by herself. Um, no admin. She doesn't pay anybody. It's, it's her, uh, dude, like I look at the the office rent that, that you guys had to pay over there, um, or the monthly payments all, all together. Like, like you could be saving so much fucking money, so much income, you know, for $6 million, dude, that's a, I mean, shit, that's $200,000. Yeah. 
you know, especially it, for being as socially present and mm-hmm. modern yep. as this company is. <laughs> Dude, like you could make, and, and not only that, man, but like she's got all the the things that would attract agents to want to work with her, like agents to work with her, you yep. know? And that's what they're trying to do over there too, as well as build that. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't, you're not incentivized much, for it though. You're not incentivized, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I don't know if I, I, I told you this. Um, again, I, I say so much shit. I don't know who I say it to though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just stop I'm, me I'm if, I, if I did, but, uh, we met with a growth leader from, from, uh, our previous company and, um, and, and I had forgot to say it over breakfast, but I, I called her back and I said, you know, one thing that you guys could do that would really benefit you is that if somebody sponsors in an agent into the company, um, they should create a community around that and they should like do training and stuff for them, you know, not just sponsor them and forget about it. Right. There was a, there's a big team, uh, born and raised in our town. Um, they're girls. They have a really good last name that, um, that implies that, uh, um, people who are close, you know who I'm talking about? Um, you didn't even have about a, Three seconds into that, I yeah, knew okay. what you were talking about. So they sponsored. <laughs> you just had to say a team in our town with girls. Okay, and yeah. Boom. So they they spon- <laughs> they sponsored Avery and I into uh, the company, right? And um, I'm trying to let, tread lightly. I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody, but um, or any company or anything like that. But um, we're trying to shine light, not throw shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we're doing. To here. impress <laughs> upon the point of they sponsored us in, and the day that we met with them to talk about the company. That was the last time we talked to them like, and then they were getting all the profit shares from there, you know? Um, whereas here, I mean, Will and Eli sponsored Avery and I in, and now you have access to them. And now anyone underneath us and underneath you has access to them. Jesse and Jackson sponsored Will and Eli into EXP and we have access to Jesse and Jackson. You have access to Jesse and Jackson. Anyone you bring in has access to them too. And there's real trainings weekly that actually do shit. There's CRMs that they create and they pass to us. You know, there's real products that they can actually like a real value that they can actually provide to us versus a sponsor who just, Hey, this company is great. I'll show you why I'll tell you why. Um, okay. You joined. Okay, cool. See ya. You know, yeah. I, I forget you existed. Um, and then also they're like, let's be real. The highest earning, um, the highest earning profit share over there is Chuck. Um, he's the owner of all the market centers there. He's making like 80 or $90,000 a year on profit share. He's got like 600 agents under him. Dude, Jesse and Jackson are making like uh, probably six times that in revenue share with not that many with not with not 600 agents under them they might have two or 300 and they're making like six times that like yeah <laughs> incredible dude it's insane and you I know mean, that's the perception you get from going from these different places mm-hmm. between kw remax i mean how, i don't know what we haven't even talked about howard hannah but oh dude um, Nothing all these companies and getting yeah, yeah uh that you get that insight from and then you can kind of choose the best 
option for you. And I think and, this is the best aligned for us as far as yep. financially and uh, functionally, I'll say, as far as your CRM and yep. the way that we want to operate our businesses socially mm-hmm. um, and on internet based, so to speak, yep. uh, is definitely best for us. And, and, you know, and that's really why I'm saying what I'm saying. It's again, it's not to, um, it's not to, uh, bring anybody down or, or, you know, any business down or anything like that. But like there, there's real value to community though. Um, aside from right, like EXP for us, it's a great business minded decision, right? For our businesses, it makes so much sense. But then in addition to that, for us, it's also community too. And then, you know, but there's value to if, say Howard Hanna, right? I personally believe that there's not much value that they offer above anybody else. You know, I'd go KW a thousand times over them. Um, and, uh, my furnace just kicked on, but I can hear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to say, I was going to let yeah, it rock. Yeah, no. nope. I'll say, it. <laughs> um, but book that I just started. So I've read it once before, but I just started reading it again last night. See, I've, I've been coming up with like, or I've been, um, lacking content ideas and stuff, just like ideas in general, creativity I've been lacking. And normally when I get in that zone where I'm lacking ideas and creativity, I need to start reading. And when I start reading, then it comes back to me. This book here, um, tribe of millionaires. I actually got it from KW. Um, it's a great book, but it is a benefit. Yeah. But it talks about your community, right? It talks about getting around good people who are, who are further along than where you are. They're, you know, like for example, Will and Eli, right? We don't being able to tap into that. uh Like I just felt like with those other brokerages, you there's, they're so distant. And I felt like you don't have that line of communication. Whereas they're all private. If I wanted to, I could probably get if I remember correctly, you could have like Jesse or Jackson's mm-hmm. phone number and mm-hmm. you can text them and things like that's not even fathomable with yep. other brokerages yep. and things like that. No, dude, you could, you could text them and, and they'll know probably exactly who you are. Um, yeah. like they, they pay attention and, and they're not secret agents. They're not, they're not people who are just running these secret operations. Like they're open to giving to literally everybody. Um, you know, and you don't even have to be part of them necessarily. You know, you don't have to, they, they give shit to on YouTube or anything like that. Dude, they give shit to people who aren't even with EXP. Like, you know, they're, they're happy to share, um, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. And that's what this book talks about is just making the decision to get around people who align with what you're doing and where you're going and, and who are mostly already where you want to be. Um, you know, it, it's called tribe of millionaires. Cause in the book, it's talking about the dude's dad who, um, he was like a low life father for a while. And this, the author, uh, or I guess the main character of the book, um, whose perspective the book is from, he made the decision to distance himself, himself from his father. Um, finally his father passed away and, he, when he went to the funeral, he was very reluctant to go. He, you know, he was like, man, my dad was a shit bag. Like he mm-hmm. kind of like walked out on us and he just cared about, uh, his failing business too much, whatever. Right. He goes and there's like all these guys in like really nice suits and like they 
cared very deeply for his father and like they said really amazing things whatever and um he started looking into this and, and he his dad left him his estate and he didn't know what the estate was but he had conditions for taking the estate and the conditions were that he had to uh join this tribe of millionaires and spend seven days straight with them like live with them for seven days straight and then after he did that he would get the estate and all the contents and everything like that well part of that was so that he would join a group of like-minded people who would get him to where he wants to go and and be successful people other like-minded men who were um who were already you know uh, independently wealthy they owned businesses they were good fathers they were you know good mentors they were good people they were helping they were charitable philanthropic like you know and uh really that's as far as i've gotten so far but <laughs> it's you know it's yeah, all about the no, community though, yourself and, with people that you want to be like and you want to be successful with mm-hmm. um i mean it's i don't know i know the exact saying that they call it but yeah like like you you uh um, you know, it's like, it's like if you hang around with four losers, you're going to be the fifth, right? Something like that. You got it. And, and yeah. like, uh, likewise, if, if you hang around with four winners, you're going to be the fifth, you know? Yeah. So yep. dude, look at sports, bro. Like look at the Kansas city chiefs, look at the culture that they had, or we'll call it the Patriots. They, iron sharpens iron. Dude, they didn't have exceptional talent on that Patriots team for the past 20 years. You know, they had good players. They had Tom Brady. But what they had more than anything was a community within that locker room that was uh, that had a winning mindset. They knew what that took. And uh, they were if also... If you weren't in that mindset, you were out. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. You were shipped out. Yeah. Dude, that, and that was Michael Jordan. That was Kobe Bryant. Buy in or get out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they, weren't, they weren't going to... Um, settle for an average minded person they just weren't you know um and uh i think that's what it takes to really change the game anywhere that you anywhere that you are in any realm any facet of life um am i if you're looking at my video am i lagging a little bit um i think more or or less when i start talking it may lag a little bit but from my end no okay i'm fearing uh maybe uh i don't i don't think so but i'm fearing maybe a, a mic delay um here okay i don't have a mic delay but sometimes when you go for the playback uh the longer you keep you'll talking the more you'll notice it yeah your your voice isn't aligned with your the movement of your mouth you know okay it's one of those really annoying things um I've experienced it in the past, but I thought I fixed the issue, and I haven't had that issue in a while, but I feel like I'm, I don't know, I can't really tell if I'm noticing it now, but. Um, it looks okay on my, maybe a little okay. bit of a, I don't know if the word you're looking for is a latency issue as far yeah. as the, the yeah. lag, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I noticed a little bit on mine, but it's not terrible. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it might be split second or something. Um, yeah. So, so w- what are you doing right now to, so, uh, Medicare busy season is effectively like done now, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. now it's more or less people asking questions about when their cards coming in, yeah. what am I going to look like as far as next year? But as far as the, uh, the whole plan analysis and looking at people's prescriptions and doctors and health situations and what they want for the next year, the, the bulk of it's over 
over. It's just more or less answering questions. And if anyone has any kind of issues before the end of the year comes, yep. getting that out of the way. But yeah, like I said, the, the bulk of it's over, thankfully. So now, now that the bulk of that's over, are you going to try and focus more on, on like real estate? Um, yeah, as far as just having more of an open schedule, so to speak. Yep. Um, I mean, my clients, an appointment would take probably a minimum of two hours as far as sitting down. And the way that we operate is we build relationships with mm-hmm. people. We're not there to just strictly be uh, transactional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to sit down, take your information. Okay. Well, this is the plan we think. You go with that one. Okay. See you out the door. No, I'm sitting there and I'm talking about people's families. I'm sitting there. Maybe they lost a loved one. So one of my clients. Uh, had lost uh, a son who had committed suicide um, and also lost a husband. I believe he lost, she lost him to dementia. Um, the son was unfortunately, actually, he was a, a Black Hawk pilot um, and unfortunately killed himself. Uh, so I spent a lot of time with her at her house and just kind of hanging out and talking about all her pictures and everything. And they're like, oh, sorry, I'm sh- oversharing. Well, I'm like, this is why I do what I do is so that yep. I can share these stories and, yep. and be there for my clients more than just a transactional person, being a human being uh, yep. and just being more of a number. Um, so that's that's a reason why I do what I do. Well, and, and that's what... Um you know that that's what attracts us to you and vice versa right is that type of mentality versus um you know the last person you had um something like that was mainly salesy um mainly transactional like avery's a little bit more of like with meetings and stuff get in and get out you've been on meetings with me you see how they go sometimes you can get sucked into a long ass conversation long as like day um which is exhausting for me but hey it pays off it does it does it pays off um and uh you know those those type of things for me they matter um you know i i understand and i subscribe to like hey you need to kind of live by a calendar type thing um right Mm -hmm. but or you need to be disciplined about your schedule. So if there's other appointments and whatnot, like, okay, we need to, you know, establish that up front so that, hey, we have a 2.30 cutoff. I've got two hours or whatever, right? Um, yep. But then I got to cut it. But um, if there's nothing else, like, and in, in you got no other commitments or plans or anything, like, and you're good to shoot the shit a little bit, man, that's, I think yep. that's a good thing, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it's a good thing. It's... Uh, I, I'm all for shorter meetings and whatnot, like conserving your time and energy. Um, but in a business sense, when you get out of like the selfish kind of realm, like a business sense and like how you want to run your own business, it's a, it's a great way to build your business on those relationships. Cause they're going to be the ones to yep. refer you. They're going to be the ones to, to, you know, we talked about it last time. Like stay top of mind. Yep. Yep. And yep. they'll, they'll refer you to their uh, the people that trust them the most. Um, mm-hmm. and it, that's the most important thing, man. That's, it's a, like we said last time, it's a hard thing to refer somebody to somebody that trusts you, you know? Yeah. Um, if they know, if they don't do a good job, that person's going to be like, dude, what the fuck? Why'd you, you know, why are you yeah. recommending this turd to me? You know? Yeah. 
you just went from here on their status down yep. to yep. the bottom floor pretty now, much. And yep. now you're not top of mind because right. of that. Right. No, exactly. And um, what uh, I'm, I'm just trying to um, kind of a little. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> so, OK, so. I guess here's a here's a good point that I I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, so I had a situation, I think I told you about this, that, um, I had a buy and sell, you, you know, about these people. Um, and just in the off chance that this other agent listens to this podcast, he doesn't, but just in case I'm not going to say where, (laughs) but it was a buy and sell. Um, you stood an open house with me. Um, and you showed the house that they got under contract with. You know, you didn't show it to them, but you showed the same house. Um, so these people, their son was essentially best friends with another agent that I actually know very well. Um, I mentored for uh, a lot of the time that I was at KW. I mentored this kid. Um, he's a little bit younger than us. Um, but uh, you may have played basketball with his older brother who was one year younger than me, but he was a decent, uh, an okay basketball player. Anyway, so these people, um, they knew him very well. They knew he was an agent, but they knew he was like newer. He wasn't very experienced. Mm -hmm. He didn't sell a lot. Um, And so being uh, my in-law's neighbors, they, you know, they just came over and they were asking me questions about buying a house. It was a kind of a spur of the moment thing. They hadn't been thinking about it too much. Um, and it was, they just saw a house that kind of got them like off the seat, you know, um, or off the ledge And they came in, they came over to my in-laws house when I was over there and they just were asking me questions about buying and stuff. They, you know, they said, do you mind like submitting an offer for us? And that's kind of how they got started with me. Um, in, in buying and selling. Now, um, after they had bought their house and after we had listed their house, um, you know, they, they told me that they, they knew he was an agent, um, and that he knew me, uh, in that he essentially like spent a lot of time growing up at their house. So they knew him very well. Um, and they, they said they were just going to call him and just say, Hey, you know, it's nothing personal. Um, but like, we just wanted to let you find out from us and not from somebody else. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, yep. and this is why, and whatever. Sounds like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And, um, and I said, by all means, like, absolutely. You know, I'd probably do that too type thing. And, um, dude, he, the agent put them on blast over the phone. He was so pissed off swearing at them. Like, I feel like my, my own mother just betrayed me. Like, I feel like my own father just betrayed me and like making them feel terrible, dude. And they called and told me this and they were like, Hey, you know, just so you know, he wasn't happy. So in case it comes back to you, um, just know like, this is kind of how it went. Like, um, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I, I don't, I don't appreciate that reaction out of them, um, out of the agent. I, I don't think that's a mature thing to do. I don't think it's a good business move. Um, I think it shows a lack of uh, maturity and I think it shows a lack of business sense and it shows why 
you made the right decision in choosing me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, we, I've definitely been faced that with in that situation dude, already with people choosing times. and obviously me being new mm -hmm. and that's not how I've reacted one time. I said, Hey, you know what? If you ever have any questions or you feel like Let you have know. any doubt, I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, I totally understand where you're coming from and why you're choosing another person. I appreciate you taking the time to tell me this. Yep. Um, but maybe you can choose me in the future if you decide to sell or purchase again. Just keep me in mind. Yep. Um, and so dude, that's how I go about it. And, and that's exactly it. Like, does it hurt? Like, you feel like you just got kicked in the balls? Of course. Oh, it feels like someone just fucking stabbed you mm -hmm. right in the heart. But, like, <laughs> like of course, because you care. And, and also, like, it's, it's your business, dude. Like, you know, you rely on this kind of stuff. Um, and you would hope that the people you care about the most or that, that you know the, the best... Um, would trust you in something like this. Right. But that, it mm -hmm. happened a million times to Avery and I, um, a million times in, yeah. uh, in the big, especially in the beginning of our career, as you get going, more people start to know like, okay, you know what the fuck you're doing, you know, but exactly yep. but until you prove yourself, why would somebody trust you? You know, like you haven't proved yourself. You haven't done shit yet, you know? And that's what we learned. That was the, that was the hardest thing to grapple with was, we haven't done shit yet. Why would people trust us? We yeah. haven't given them a reason to trust us, you know, besides yeah. being a friend, but why would they trust you in the most expensive investment of their life or most expensive yeah. purchase of their life? Right. Um, or their childhood home that they took over as an adult and now they're selling after 45 years, you know, like why would they trust you with something like that? Um, yeah. when you haven't given them with a almost a million dollars worth of real estate. Yep. <laughs> no, exactly, dude. And, <laughs> pretty it, important yeah and um you know they're relying on you to to make right the correct decisions and stuff and and then with these people we got one offer um we weren't very happy about uh the situation we we thought we were going to maybe get more offers but most people in the market that you know what what we're coming to see now mm -hmm. is that that was the beginning of the market now where people are like um okay, this house is going to go so far over asking price that we just don't even want to try and compete because we know we can't compete, mm -hmm. right? So they didn't offer. But yep. everybody was thinking that way. And when everybody thinks that way, you end up getting, like, no offers. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we we did end up getting one offer. It escalated up to the price point that they wanted. Um, they they weren't very happy because the escalation started at asking price and you know, asking price is a marketing yeah, strategy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so where they wanted to be was 20,000 over the asking price. Um, and that's where at least. this offer escalated to. And so I said, you know what, we don't have any other offers to escalate, um, this offer, but what we're going to do is we're going to counter back and we're going to say, Hey, because you're contingent, we're going to counter at, uh, the top of your escalation, 300,000, you know, and, um, that's where we want to be at. And, uh, most agents, dude, most agents would be like, look, 280, that's all you got, you know, sorry. Like this other agent, this other agent that, that they called that they knew, I know for a fact they would have called the other person back and been like, Hey, you got it for 280. Congrats. You know? Whereas yep. it takes somebody who is a little bit gutsy, maybe a little bit delusional, like <laughs> to, yeah. to, to say, Hey, you know, like we're going to counter back at 300 cause we're taking a risk on this, you know, and find a reason to justify that. And 
the other agent said, cool, let's do it, you know? And they were happy with that. And um, so, like, it's, you know, for, for other agents, like, getting pissed at somebody for not choosing you, you need to really evaluate, okay, how would you handle these hard scenarios with somebody who is trusting you with this? Are you going to push the envelope to maybe take a risk and, and you know, say uh, something like that, that counter offer that I did? Or are you just going to say, go to them because it's an easier conversation because you talk to them like they're your parents anyway and say, hey, sucks to sucks, 280, you know? And um, yeah. that's what most agents are going to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, the way that we run our businesses is like, you're looking out for your client there and you care about them, you need to get what they want, you know? Um, and they you need to communi push. Communicated to you what they're looking mm -hmm. for and like, okay, well, we're gonna get that yep. and we're gonna do whatever it takes to get that yep. for you. Yep. Um, obviously within means, but you had yep. the means there that they escalated to that price, so yep. you knew what you had to do and executed on it, so. And the, you know, that's challenging part, man, is just that other, uh, there's a lot of other agents who wouldn't do that. And, and especially this agent, I just, I just know for a fact that he wouldn't. And, um, but you know, I, I was telling Avery about this, uh, about how he responded and we were both like, well, dude, like maybe if back three years ago, when you started, you were getting on social media, like we told you to or you were posting about the wins that you actually had, like we told you to, or mm -hmm. you actually made yourself known in real estate or to be a real estate agent, like we told you to, maybe they wouldn't have gone with somebody else because maybe they would have trusted you enough. Maybe they would, would have thought you had experience enough, you know? Um, but instead you choose to be a secret agent and not let anyone know about you and just do showings for other people to make 30 bucks a showing like, Mm -hmm. like what the hell are you doing you know and you're not even showing on social media the showings that you're going on and so nobody knows what the hell you're doing for for yeah. all anyone else knows is that you're working a nine-to-five job somewhere else you know yeah. they're, they're not thinking about you and like as a real estate agent so like as far as I'm concerned, bro, that's your own fucking fault, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, I honestly don't even name, know the name of the person that you're even talking about. I know yeah, you, you mentioned it yeah. to me before. But, yep. um, you might and, not and know him. Just to know. show you that they're, not, <laughs> they're yeah. not putting their name out there. And exactly. one of the things you talk about, your biggest fear is people forgetting mm -hmm. your name or who that you do real estate. And yep. I don't think that's even fathomable at this point. But as far as that person... I don't even know him. Dude, no, and and you know, the what we say is it's it's not somebody's job to remember what you do for a living. It's your job to remind them of what you do for a living. So that means you have to constantly stay in front of people. And when most people have their face in their phone a majority of the day, uh you need to show up on their way. phone, you know? You have to. You don't need to text them, you don't need to call them all the time, but you need to show up on their phone somehow, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's whatever app the they're going to be on. Things that they want to yeah. see. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, it doesn't even have to be like, I think we told you this, like it doesn't even have to be business related all the time. It could just be uh, life related, you know, like just something in life or something about exactly. the community, yep. you know, like um, I posted uh, that thing about the Finger Lakes uh, a few weeks ago. Dude, 
it got a lot of shares. Like a lot of people shared that. Um, and mm -hmm. literally it was just a drone shot going over, like over Naples and it had the mountains and it said like the top five things about the finger lakes or whatever. And people were sharing the shit out of that. Like people like that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, it's that's share worthy content. That's all you have to do to stay in front of people, man. You know, as long as you're there in front of them, they're going to remember what you're doing or who you are, you know, but you just have to be in front of them or else they will forget who you are, you know? Yep. So it's just, um, crazy. So what are you doing? I, I, I forgot to ask in my last question, um, the whole point of the question was to ask you like, what are you doing to stay motivated now? Now that like your, your medic, your Medicare busy season is like done. Um, and you know, real estate sales right now, it looks like you have some future sales, but like, you know, nothing currently in the pot. Like what is, what are, what are the ways that you're, you're staying on top of things and, and staying motivated and like, you know, continuing to, cause dude, a lot of people, they see nothing in their pipeline and they're like, fuck man, I'm not cut out for this, you know, and yep. they get down in the dump. So what are you doing to stay on top of that? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it strictly mindset or is it like, uh, is it now the motivation of like, Hey, I, I need to support my family somehow, you know, and this is, this is what I got. That, that's the big ticket item is yeah. trying to support my family. And right? I know we touched on it in the last uh, yeah. podcast as far as wanting to support them and be able to provide and allow Zoe to homeschool if possible, um, yep. put the kids in sports or music or whatever they want to do um, is definitely the biggest motivator for me. Uh, and I think definitely slowing down, moving out of the Medicare period, so to speak, and then being able to hopefully do more content. And that's yep. one of the main reasons why I joined on with you guys and with EXP and with the teams that are above us is because they are just like the gurus of yeah. content. And that's what I think is going to be the entire industry, so to speak, is mm -hmm. if you don't get with that, you're going to get left behind. Like, yep. yeah, there are the aging realtors that are in the business right now that, yeah, you have your name, you've established it, but when they move out, it's going to be everyone that's on these platforms that's paying attention to you that's getting that name around um, and moving away from, I think, more of the mail and everything yep. as far as your, your mail drops and everything. No one cares about that. They rip it up and throw it in their recycling. It go, it but go, if you're it going goes, up on yeah. your Facebook every so often, and mm -hmm. that's, I think, the the way things are moving towards. So that's why I made the, the jump over. Um, but yeah, as far as putting out more content, uh, I think is my biggest uh, next step that I need to do and stay diligent and consistent yep. uh, will be huge for me. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things with that, man, is that, um, like for us, for me, again, I get in these, like I said earlier, I get in these content laws. So like I, I, I just creativity is not, not flowing. And so I, I pick up a book and I start reading, um, or I'll go on YouTube and I'll search for things or whatever, you know? Um, but then as far as learning about this stuff, obviously YouTube is a great, uh, resource for that. You can learn how to do all this. Um, uh, but you, you do you still have the drone? <laughs> I do have my drone. Yeah. Yep. So now what you can do is just like, if you want a faceless video, something that you don't need to actually talk on, 
like exactly what I, I just said in that video of flying over Naples, like get some cool drone footage in 10 seconds worth or something. Right. Definitely um, have it. Yeah. Of smooth flying drone, like over, like, a over the lake or, you know, with houses or lake, something. Neighborhood. Yeah. I actually, when I was down in Huntington, I got the Marshall university, university Marshall. I know what there they you call go. Themselves. Yeah. 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 The sweet drone shot around yep. the field. I got the river. I got a whole bunch of that for there you go. down there. Yeah. Um, so but do, back here, yeah, I got the neighborhoods and the lakes and yep. everything. Um, so now that's what you can do is take that footage, upload it in, in, um, you know, you can, uh, just transfer it over to your phone. However you do that. Um, and you can even transfer the landscape video and then your phone has the option to, to change the, the size of it or whatever. So you don't even have to put it in Insta size or any of these other apps. You can just change it. Like, you know, when you go into your photos, you can click edit and you can change the colors or whatever up top. Mm -hmm. There's like a resizing thing and you can change it to the nine, but nine by 16 and, um, then just position it how you want. Um, and, uh, I mean, it looks really good. It's still the high quality, everything. Um, but then you can put it in any app you want to do, um, you know, tips or points or, you know, whatever you want to do to it. What do you use for that? Uh, so for that one, I used my editing software that I have, which is Filmora, um, Wondershare okay. Filmora, but you can do GarageBand. You can do whatever else you have. Um, you could even do the captions app. The captions app will do it. Um, oh, okay. you could do, uh, there, there's a few apps that, that do it. I've, I'm drawing a blank on the name now, <laughs> but, um, you could even do Canva. You can put it in Canva and do it. Um, so, hmm. uh, literally you just time like, you know, a new blurb or a new text blurb every two seconds to say something different, you know? So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a good way to, when you don't have something to say, like you physically, you can say it through, you can say something else through whatever. And you can literally just copy from other people. Like, yep. you know, that's easy rip off and duplicate. Like you said, steal like an artist, right? It's, yep. it's, uh, it's the best way to do it. And it's good content too, you know? Um, yep. good content and it could be real estate related. It could be professional development. It could be personal development. It could be w talking about the Buffalo bills. Like, you know, it could be literally whatever, but just some, just something to stay in front of people. Um, you know, yep. do you, um, do you like take notes throughout the day or anything like that? Like, I know like a lot of people, as they encounter an issue or a question or something, they'll write it down in their phone. And that's like where they get their ideas from. I don't personally do that. Um, but I, I want to, because dude, I think you're like me, like we have a million tabs open in our head and we don't close them out. Right. That's like the ADHD, ADD brain. So like yeah. my, com my computer right now, I think I have like one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got, 13 tabs open. Um, and I, I don't close them out. Like I just, I just don't, but I feel like that's what's no, going you on. You want to be able my, to go back to them. Yeah. I feel like that's what's going on in my head. But then what happens is when you get too many tabs open, you 
forget about the ones that are on the far side, right? So it's like you got to write those down. You always just go to the history and check, but you instead can, yeah. you, you leave it open and you slow down your computer yep. and then you forget. Like, well, wait, I'll get back to that. Don't worry. I'm I'm gonna open it later today. Yep. I'm gonna look at it and like four days later, like you still have it open. A yep. week later, will that tab still open? And you and <laughs> and by that time you forgot what you wanted it open for, right? And yeah. You know, that's a perfect analogy for what goes on inside our heads with this ADD brain shit. And, um, you know, then you, you forget about like, I do, I get, I get content ideas all the time. Even when I'm in a lull, I'll get an idea, but then I don't have time to like record it right then and there. Cause normally I do things like the power of now, like I'll do it. Once I get the idea, I go do it. Like I have to, because I know I'm going to forget it, but if I don't have the time to go do it, I just do it. I forget to write it down. And then if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. And then I'll never get that video done. Then tomorrow I'll look at it and be like, the fuck was I thinking about? Like I had a great video lined up and you know, I forgot, you know? And so do you, do you do anything like that? Do you take notes in your phone or do you just kind of do it the same way that I do? Like keep it in your head and then forget to do it. <laughs> um, I would say honestly, a multitude of all yeah. of those. I have a whiteboard over here that I write my stuff on. So typically I took it down to West Virginia and we were doing our Medicare planning on it. So as far as what we were doing throughout the day, uh, we had that planned out on there. So it's empty at the moment, but I did when I came back, I wrote on there, I got my Medicare vid. So I'm going to talk about spam emails and how to kind of try and stop those with those calls and everything. Talk about election periods, all the parts. So I did actually start rewriting stuff on there. Yep. I took a picture of the board before I went down to West Virginia. So I had all my information on there as far as what I was trying to do, my buyers, all that. Um, and I also do, I do have the notes in my phone. So I put everything down in my notes um, that I want to. But like you said, with the tabs, as far as going back to that, yeah, I just totally forget. Like, oh yeah, let me just pop through my notes. I'll just open it up instead of having like a reminder or something that yeah uh, i can easily pop back to like i have another smaller uh over here i have a smaller whiteboard that i write things on i don't really want to show it on here but uh <laughs> I'll, I'll do the back side of it because i have my clients names on oh, it. okay yeah um but i do have a smaller one that i'll i'll check off on here but i have my my to-do list so to speak on that but um yeah if i don't write it down i'm gonna forget about it so yep. <laughs> I definitely uh subscribe to that dude all the time man all the time yeah. um uh do you do you have anything that you're like kind of working on that you want to get out into the world anything like obviously you want clients right what what do you want what do you want our <laughs> followers to to do for you what do you you want them to support you somehow Send um, i don't know I, I definitely would like to get a win in the books as far as yeah. still being a, a zero on the board yeah uh for real estate um obviously you know i have those clients that are hopeful clients yeah. um and i have probably about five buyers in waiting that uh could be working towards but as far as people that are ready, willing, and wanting to buy now and needing to buy now. I don't have those buyers at Mm -hmm. the moment. Um, I'm hoping that from what we just saw in the news today, as far as rates dropping a little bit more and then hearing that there may be three 
rate drops next year um, is good news. Whether I think it's going to be incredible rates, like yeah, we're going to have four percent next year. Yeah, you no, better yeah. throw that out the window. Yeah. And try yeah. try again. Um, you're like if we even break six and a half or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but it's something. I mean, it's enough to get people energized and motivated. Like, oh, okay, things are easing back towards that way. So it's a step in the right direction. <clears throat> yeah. I think the light at the end of the tunnel is there for us. Um, hopefully, I mean, obviously we, we can talk politics again with the election year and things like that. Yeah. Uh, they'll obviously want to paint the year with rose colored glasses. Um, but I, I mean, it's good for us business wise and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that all it'll help project me and, uh, get me going here, so to speak. But as far as my, my, the listeners helping me out, I mean, if <laughs> uh, what we're doing here is just trying to get our name out there and hopefully people feel confident enough and find value in us as far as Medicare and, uh, for me and real estate for the both of us mm-hmm. and just anything really, uh, just feel confident enough that we'll do a good job for you. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely you, <laughs> everybody you, wants buyers and sellers. So investors, whatever they are. Yeah. Do you struggle a little bit with, um, confidence, like just being newer? Like, do you, um, um, I would say so. Yeah. I, overall, I'm a pretty confident person and I'm well-spoken and I don't have any problem with those kinds of situations, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I would definitely say a little bit as far as my knowledge base goes, I know with Medicare, I didn't even feel like practicing that for a year because there was just so much to it. And with yeah. real estate, I think because of the way the market is, is I haven't been able to be as consistent with showings and offers and winning offers and like being, so to speak in the business yep. and enveloped in the business, so to speak. So like, I, it's hard to like put it to memory, but as far as knowing how to, I guess, put in an offer and help people win, um, I know I can still do it. Yep. It's just whether I can get those people, uh, motivated and everything, I guess is more of the confidence issue there. Yeah. Well, you know, so, so that is, um, that's the hardest part about not being like salesy is like, if we were salesy, we could come up with some sort of slick script to get somebody off the fence. Right. But that's not how we roll because we want it to be the right decision for them and to make sense for them. Um, all about organic and genuine. So that's me to a T. (laughs) So, so we don't roll that way. Um, but like in the Medicare side, there's a lot more, um, I'll call it academia, right. With the Medicare stuff, like a lot more of a learning process before you get into actually, uh, selling a policy or whatever. Um, whereas real estate, the only way you can learn about it is by doing it. You know, there's, you can only, you, you can like the, the licensing course, right. Tells you not how not to get arrested, how not to get fined, how not to get your license taken. Um, yep. And, but as far as I'm concerned, that doesn't do shit for you. Um, you know, you don't need to know how many feet are in a mile or how many acres are in, you know, I, I, or how many feet are in an acre or whatever, like, feet or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't need to learn that shit. Like teach me how to communicate with a client about what's going on in the market or at a showing or what things to look at in a house. Um, if I'm an inspector or if I'm an appraiser, how am I going to look at a house? How am I going to do these things? Right. And, um, how yeah. am I going to communicate those things to clients? And then also, uh, how do I communicate with other agents about, the sale about the house or like, and then what is the workflow of that being okay? 
you know, you schedule a showing and then what, right? Then you take your client from the, through the house. Once you're done with the showing, then you call the agent and you see how much interest there's been. And then you call them again before offers are due. How many offers are you anticipating? What's feedback been like? Then you write up the offer. How do you write an offer? Right. And then from there, you submit the offer. How do you go about communicating with the agent to make sure they got your offer? And you know, if there's any questions or anything like that, and then they accept an offer, then what do you do? You know, like then you send, uh, you know, you send the email to the attorneys. Who do you include in the emails? What do you say in those emails? You know, it's things like that where it's like, it's not complex. It's not like complicated, but it's like, it takes repetitions to know just what to say, verbiage, things like that, Precisely. like whatever the process yeah. is. And it's not, I mean, then you build a relationship now where like with any, like I just, I just sent um, a, a new contract over to the attorneys for attorney approval today. And um, you know, it used to be when I was sending those contracts over, it was very professional, like very like, uh, if you were to go into chat GPT and you were to type in, give me the most professional form of an email sending over a contract, <laughs> like, uh, it would be what it would spit out. Right. Like you're a diplomat. Um, yeah. now, now I basically say like attached is the contract for this property where I am representing the seller and so-and-so is representing the buyer. You know, these attorneys are the maximum attached. of five sentences. Yeah, like, pretty much. Please yeah. copy in my transaction coordinator who's copied here in like, and let me know if you have any questions. That's it. Yep. Be advised of the one day attorney approval. Be advised of the, exactly the that's thirty the thirty too, day yeah. closing. You know, um, that's it. You know, and I look forward to working with you guys. Anything you wanted to highlight, like, and, and that's really it. Um, if there's special conditions, but like, you don't know to do that unless you've done it. You know, or unless somebody is sitting with you to actually do it. Um, they don't teach you that in licensing school or in the in the licensing course, like. So it's like, it's, it's hard to build no, that confidence as an agent. Foundations and everything. And it's yeah. like, I, you're not even going to yeah. be able to see that when you're going through a house. No. No. <laughs> like how do they pour the cement? Like uh, the very, I mean, 75 hours, they got to really fit it in there. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, no dude. And it, it, and you know, the course sucks, dude, the course, it really sucks. And, um, it, it makes everybody so ill prepared. Um, I don't know how I want this mic. I'm trying to like rearrange my office and stuff down here. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't love it, but it is what it is. Um, Sounds good there. Yeah. But um, so the, the course really doesn't do anything to prepare you. So like confidence as a new agent is tough. That's the toughest part. Um, mm-hmm. And so you really have to like portray this almost like false confidence, right? Because if, if you're portraying that you're not That's confident not in what I you're am. saying, no, I know. And it's hard. And, and dude, like in the beginning, in the beginning of our career, we believed in fake it till you make it right. Like we, I don't believe in that now. I, I believe in act as if, um, until act as if until something <laughs> happens. Right. So it's not faking it. It's not, it's not being fake because faking it is implying that you're fake. Right. Acting as yeah. if is you are actually at, you are acting in this role. You are this person. Um, and, uh, you believe that you are. And, um, 
you know, your results are starting to show that. So it's act as if instead of fake it till you make it. And I subscribe to that now. But if if you're looking to act as if you're an accomplished real estate agent, how would you be acting? And chances are it's you're you're going to be talking like you're confident. You're going to be standing up straight. You're going to be researching things. You're going to be doing your comps. You're going to be doing, you know, all these things, making content, whatever. That's Checking a, your PCDs, looking at yep. all the attachments on yep. your, <laughs> that's your homes the, you're looking at. That's the stuff that is going to build the confidence there. And then it's also going to be um, the more conversations you have with clients where don't talk about like, don't step out of your lane as far as what you know, but, but step into the lane of what you do know. So you don't need to know everything, but if you communicate what you know, that's a little trick for clients to be like, man, he really knows what the fuck he's talking about. So if, if you don't know about foundations, but you know about, uh, roofs, right. Talk about the roof. Don't talk about the foundation. You know, yeah. Just defer that to someone else, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll get a a, a mason. Oh, I don't see any mold in here. Or you yeah. look for the the ducts. You see that there's holes drilled in there. You mm-hmm. know that the ducts were cleaned out yep. and things like that. Uh, exactly. Going to the electrical box, seeing that it's 200 amps, or if it's 100 mm-hmm. amps, and what kind of electrical box, and making sure everything's all set in that, those aspects. Yep, a hundred percent. And speaking about what you know is the like the quickest way to build confidence and. Um, but then it's, it's also keeping the promises that you make to yourself too, right? You promise yourself that you're going to be a a good real estate agent or a good, um, uh, Medicare rep or a good anything, right? It's like you build confidence by actually doing that, by actually being good at that, you know, and whatever Mm -hmm. it takes to do that, it's practice, it's getting in front of people, it's, you know, talking like role playing with your wife, not in a bedroom sense, but like, you know, (laughs) in, in in the business (laughs) sense of like, Hey, talk to me like you're a client, ask questions about it. And let me see if I can answer. Right. Somebody that you trust, who's not going to like make fun of you. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's real, there's really no, uh, uh, negative effects if you answer incorrectly, you know? Yep. Um, if you don't know something, look it up quick and then answer now that you know it, you know, um, it's like, it's those kind of things and the repetition mm -hmm. and that's the only way you can build confidence, man. So like, I know you don't need me telling you that, but like, that's, you know, that's, that's the, um, that's the main problem with even dude, even people who are two years into it, three years into it, if they've only sold like six properties or, you know, 10 properties, they're not confident yet. They're not like fully confident in what they're doing. They're just mm-hmm. taking their best stab at things, you know, and then they're being resourceful too. Right. <clears throat> you, uh, you said, uh, earlier you said, let me get my phone connected as the camera. And I asked you how you're going to do that. And yeah. you said, Google and dude, that's, yeah. that's being resourceful. Like that's all you yep. have to do. We have that I'll at our fingertips. Yep. I'm a problem solver. Yep. That's what I'll do. And dude, <laughs> once you figure out that everything is figure outable, like it's, that's like the yep. biggest thing that you can know because now you don't have to worry about not knowing something. It's, Hey, I'll figure it out. I don't know right now, or I'm drawing a blank on this. Let me, let me figure it out for you. You know, Give me 24 hours and mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. Maybe not even that long. You can probably figure it out in 30 minutes, you know, 
Like, yeah. let me, let me just, let me sit down and, and figure it out real quick. And I'll get back to you as soon as I do. And I did it with the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dude, it's that easy. Like it's that easy. And once you start figuring out that, like, I am a bad bitch, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, like I'm, a, I'm, I dropped my pen here somewhere. Um, but like, I can literally figure anything out, you know, then you're like, there's nothing I really can't do in this business. You know, I just yeah. need the reps now, you know, um, getting the reps means getting in front of people and answering those questions yep. and just going through it. Sometimes it is getting yep. it wrong, you know, <laughs> and yeah, that, that part sucks. You can't but be like, to fail either. No. And you just got to hope that the, the times you do fail aren't catastrophic, right? Like you're not, you're not making a massive mistake for somebody, right? Um, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's a small deal, you can get it wrong. But if, or like, a, a, if it's a small issue, I should say, you can get it wrong, you know, but if it's something that's like going to cost them a hundred thousand dollars, like, Hey, you probably shouldn't get that wrong, you know? Yeah. So there, there's, there's a varying amount of, um, I don't know if concern or importance in this business, but you know, when you prioritize the things that are really important, you learn those things quickly and leave the things that are unimportant uh, you know, by the wayside. And then you can figure those out as you go. Um, but that's the important stuff, man. Um, but, uh, we've been going for about an hour and a half now. Um, I got to get hopping off. What else do you have? You have any final rounds or anything that you want to touch on or talk about? Nah, other than, uh, like you were saying with the repetitions, uh, we both are built big Lil Wayne fans and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of his famous lines there is repetition is the father of learning. Uh, yep. so yep. <laughs> all those songs ingrained deeply into our minds through middle school and high school. Yeah, dude, the, the, the biggest line that, that sticks out to me, that's always stuck out to me is, uh, if it costs to be the boss, oh, well, I guess I got to pay. And, yep. uh, that's <laughs> dude, literally since uh, I mean, shit, man, probably fifth grade, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like fifth grade. I think I was singing that if it costs to be a boss, oh, well, I guess I got to pay. And, um, it, I mean, that's the truth, man. Like it, it does, it's not that it costs, uh, financially. Right. But it might cost time. It might cost, um, energy, uh, oh, yeah. you know, fortitude, um, discipline, those well, kind of things. There is a cost. Always, uh, Monetary. federal notes or yeah, right. US money. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of other ways to pay for yep. things yep <laughs> and you know in in this business it's just time like it's it's time it's going to be you know whether it's time in the immediate sense or it's time to get your business up and going which could be a year two years three years five years you know time and effort mm-hmm. you know um and you know th- those are i mean great points uh great points and lil wayne is <laughs> Uh, a genius for those ones, you know, more philosophical than we know, dude. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we know, but I, I always, I, I always just listen to like, oh man, he's got a Bugatti or, you know, like I've always listened yeah. to just at that time, you always just took it for being like good music. You know, you never listened to the what things aspect meant. of it. Yeah. Um, but now I go back to it and dude, all I listen for in music now is the message. What is the message? Mm-hmm. And if a song is like, that's why I hate rap music now. Um, and we're getting in the weeds on this, I know, but I hate rap music <laughs> now because there's no real message to it. Um, yeah. you know, in, uh, so like, I like logic. I like, um, 
let's see. I mean, there's a lot of people that I like. Maybe it's not like the best in the genre, right? It's, they're not the best artists in the genre, but they have great lyrics. Yeah. They have great yeah. lyrics and they actually mean shit. And like it, you know, helps you think about things. Um, and that's normally what I go with, but, yeah. um, cool. Anything else? No. I, yeah. <laughs> going to wrap this up. Um, I got, uh, quite a bit to do still. I, I'm going to try and release this like right now. So, um, Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to those who listen through here. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. If you haven't already, be sure to, uh, go on and subscribe to the show and, um, don't be a host, share the show. Uh, it's the only way that we can grow. So, um, all right, now we're wrapping. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was just going to say poet and don't even know it, but, um, yeah. that was too corny, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, share the show guys. We appreciate you guys. Be sure to subscribe and to, um, like the channel and to go to our social medias and follow us on social media. Give us any feedback that you have. Um, the F is for follow, by the way. The F is for, for follow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Weezy F. Yeah. The F is for follow. <laughs> love it um all right cool guys well appreciate you guys for listening if you got it this far and uh until the next episode we'll see you guys bye-bye see you